You're very keen now that the European Parliament's Agricultural Committee pays a visit in particular to areas around your constituency and the border regions. Tell me what you're hoping to achieve there. Well, firstly, we need to recognise that uh, quite a lot changed for the agri-food sector on the island of Ireland uh, since 2016 and especially since the withdrawal agreement came into effect. And we've had the protocol and now subsequent framework and, and, you know, we're hopeful that as soon as possible the executive and the assembly will be up and running. But from my point of view as uh, an MEP that represents a very rural constituency and be very conscious of the importance of the, the, the family farm model that we have in Ireland and that the they don't have so much in Europe. Uh, I thought it was important that we would invite the uh, a group from the Agricultural Committee. So we've wrote to the chair, Norbert Linz, uh, asking him to come over. So far, uh, you know, MEPs have have been res- you know positive in response, but obviously we have to wait further down the line till we get uh, actually formal approval. What difference? Would it make, Chris, to have members of the European Parliament's Agricultural Committee visit some of the border areas and the rural constituencies where you are an MEP for? Well, the first thing is they can hear at first hand from not only individual farmers, but farming organisations of the, the impact and, and the needs that they have. We're at a time where, you know, with what's going on in the wider European context where there are issues with cost of fertilisers, cost of fuels and cost of feed uh, and they're having uh, an exacerbating impact uh, along the border area. So if, if, if the the representatives from the Agri-Committee come over to Ireland, get to talk firsthand, get to understand the importance of the farming fam- the, the family farming, farming model, they may go back then and have a better understanding. Like as I said, while they understand in the wider abstract the impact that the protocol has had on the all-island uh, economy, uh, to understand the actual impact uh, that, that, that farmers and the agri-food sector are having, they need to hear it firsthand because Britain is the largest market in terms of agri-food. I think it's up to 40 billion a year uh, for the European Union and we're its nearest neighbour. So the need to come over, get that sense of what's going on in Ireland uh, and hopefully come back with a better understanding and, and therefore showing more leeway to the Irish farmer. But how are farmers, how have farmers been affected now by Brexit three years after the agreement was implemented? Well, you see, you're still at that stage where for the last number of years there's been uncertainty about the protocol, about how it was going to be implemented. And, you know, the talk that we've heard recently of red lanes and green lanes, all that is part of a wider conversation that we, that hasn't had time to settle. And hopefully now with the framework, it will begin to settle. We will begin to get a sense of stability uh, in the agri food sector uh, in Ireland and hopefully we can move forward in a positive manner. Where, where would you be taking if the Agri-Committee agree? Wh- wh- where would you be taking them exactly? Well, along any of the border counties by and large because th- those were the ones that were immediately impacted by Brexit. But at the end of the day, if the Agri-Committee come over, uh, we be, I would hope that they would be willing to engage any sector of the agri-food community if we can get them to uh, hear, hear the positive things that need to be done.